The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Well, good morning, Refuge Church. This is quite the contrast. We didn't hear anything else, but I'm getting piped out loud and clear to the, the few, happy few that have, have come this morning to be here. I can't help but think of the contrast to last year this time. We would have had two gatherings filled up, sound of kids, lots of hugs and laughter, and... Uh, and we are in a very different spot now. We have been through a lot together, and my hope is that we will choose one another through this. Uh, there are so many things that will tempt us to isolate or hold back. And isolation doesn't just mean um, staying by yourself at home, because some of us really do need to do that at this time, as there's uh, still a health concern to, to going out in public places. And, um, but we can still choose one another, and we can still choose to um, invest in one another, even if we're home. And I really encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, make phone calls, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, Google Hangout. There are a lot of options, and I know that, that it is very possible that some of you um, really want to be reached out to, and, and no one is, and I am sorry if that is happening. Um, the truth is, it's, it's hard to know how to do that, um, but I encourage you, if you really want to, to speak with someone, call them. Zoom them, FaceTime them. Um, all of us who are in leadership at the Refuge Church also want to make ourselves available. We would love to be a part of your life. Um, so please choose one another uh, at this time. Um, we are forever family, those who are children of God. So this is a good time to, to learn to get along, learn to love one another. With that, pray with me. Father, I thank you for your word. No matter where we are, uh, the pieces that are captured in our hearts through memorization and remembrance, uh, those that we have in our hands as we carry the scripture are for our hope, for our faith. Also, the word that we hear you have put in each other as we speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and make music in our hearts. The words that we heard that Blaine read in the prayer earlier that ring with such humility, they remind us that we don't have to pretend like we're strong even if people speak against us. We have you and that's that's enough. We can come to you confessing, knowing that probably words people say about us are true, but that we can still be restored because you took 
interest in us. You never lost interest in us, and you, you want our return, like the father, the story of the prodigal son, like Jake shared last week, that we can just come home, and you are so excited to have us home. So God, I pray that you will fill us with your peace, your rest, your joy this morning as we hear your word again. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are, we're kind of turning a corner in our sermon series called Happy Thoughts. We have uh, Paul's thoughts leading up to it, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, but we get to talk about some sort of a, a, a laundry list of happy thoughts uh, for the next couple of weeks. Before we do that, I'm going to read our intro. And this is, uh, this is how we see the sermon Happy Thoughts being helpful. We believe that the pursuit of joy does not lead us away from the places of pain. The pursuit of joy leads us along the way that Jesus walked. To avoid the pain is to miss the way altogether. The way goes through the cross, but the cross is not the destination. That's so important. The cross is not the destination. Sometimes, even as Christians, we focus so much on the cross and we forget that there's a resurrection and a life after that, a life of victory, a life of overcoming. The cross is not the destination. In this sermon series, we invite you to rest your thoughts on and in Christ who shows us the path beyond the cross that leads to eternal joy. And we invite you to rest your mind in these happy thoughts. So today, as we dive into our, our sermon on true thoughts, or thinking truthfully, uh, I was brought back to reading a story by the great C.S. Lewis called The Great Divorce. And in that, he's talking about the divorce or divide between heaven and hell. It's an allegory. And the story starts with a bus picking up passengers in this gray, dingy city, which later we learn is is hell. And it it sort of flies away. It goes through this sort of slice that looks like a, a cliff, but we learn that it is this this um, just small slice in the ground as it comes out into this meadow forest with mountains in the background. When the passengers get out of the bus, what they notice is that this world that they've come into, this place that they're now in, has substance that they've never experienced before. It's firm. Uh, It is finally real. Uh, And they notice that themselves, they are uh, transparent people. They're they're weak in this new environment, so much so that they try picking up a leaf. They can't even pick up a leaf. And that the blades of grass have, have such firmness to their fragility that it actually hurts to walk on the grass. And those who are coming, these, these uh, heavenly beings that are, are, are mere people that have now enjoyed heaven to its fullest, they call solid people. And I, th- I think that is... Such a beautiful contrast to how we feel today. I think so many of us feel very fragile. Uh, We don't feel firm. We don't feel solid. And we long for something that is true. 
true thoughts that will allow us to really share the perspective, share in what heaven is, share in reality. Now, I think of, of what makes us feel less solid now. And I'm just going to mention a couple of these things, and I think probably we'll all relate to them to a certain capacity. When we scroll too long on social media, even though we get more content, we actually feel less full. You know? The more you consume, you actually feel less. And yet, for some reason, we keep consuming. When we get angry or frustrated, and that dominates our hearts and minds, we actually feel further from the answer, not closer. When a relationship with people is broken, we feel so profoundly broken ourselves, even though we feel like we we don't have the tools sometimes to be restored. When we feel uh, like we are not close to God anymore, the only way I could describe that is it is like we, we feel like a planet who has lost its orbit and is now just pushed out into utter darkness, right? That's what it feels like. It, it feels like these things that, that really fill up so many experiences here on earth are those that make us feel less solid, less firm, less real. I've had this experience in the last couple of weeks where... <clears throat> I find myself, whether it's sitting out on my porch or um, going out for a trail run, and, and it's almost like I have this moment where I stop and I realize that I've been looking but not seeing. I see the wind in the trees. I just see the, the beautiful um, specificity and detail of the world, and I realize I've just been living in it, right? I haven't been actually seeing or hearing, or taking in what's around me. It's scary. It's very scary to find ourselves ourselves in these places. And so my hope is that what we get into in the next couple of weeks with these happy thoughts that Paul invites us to dwell upon, that we will actually find ourselves restored. We'll find ourselves more solid in a world that seems so transparent and by that it's like it's just not real it's not solid hopefully you can rest yourself in the solid truth and reality of who God is so context for that is um, a man by the name of Paul who is experiencing all the turmoil and maybe even more than we're experiencing now Paul is in prison As you remember, Paul has experienced tremendous suffering, and from that place, he is writing to us. And he writes these words, Philippians 4, starting in verse 4 and going all the way to verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is that laundry list of things to think on that hopefully will shape our hearts and minds in the next weeks. And the promise is peace. Um, A question that might be going through your head is, are thoughts really that important? Do thoughts really have that um, that solidness that we're looking for. Well, let me just give you a couple of cool facts about your mind, okay, uh, as we dive in. Although the brain is only three pounds, uh, about 2% of body weight, it uses 20 to 30% of all the oxygen and blood in your body. It also uses 20% of the calories in your body. Um, noting this, a scientist said, The brain is like a spoiled and demanding child. (laughs) Your brain is extremely busy. The brain contains approximately one billion neurons, and your neurons create and send more messages each day than all the phones in the entire world combined. Almost half of a child's energy goes into fueling its brain, And as I said before, about 20% of the the calories that we have, energy we have, goes into also feeding our brains. Which means it's exhausting to think. (laughs) So, So if you have ever thought, I just want to turn my brain off, that is a real thing. Isn't it fascinating we just say these things that we're like, why? You know, I get more tired spending a day studying than I do spending a day out working in the yard. How is that possible? Because your brain is expending massive amounts of energy to send more messages than all the phones in the world combined. That's happening right now as you're watching this. There's a reason we feel exhausted and so much is devoted to the brain because it matters. Your thinking absolutely matters. But turning your brain off is not the solution. The only time that happens is when you're dead. <laughs> so turning your brain off is not the answer. What we do to attempt that also is injuring. We call it mindless scrolling or binge watching, right? (laughs) Guys, this is the low-hanging fruit, right? We do these things to turn our brain off, but Paul's recommendation is not to turn our brains off, but to rest our thoughts by filling them with the right thing. To rest our thoughts by dwelling on the right thing. What is the right thing? Well, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, anything that is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love this quote by Marcus Aurelius. He says, the thoughts of a person die their soul. The thoughts of a person die their soul. I remember a couple of years ago <clears throat> uh, teaching a class at Juvenile Detention Center and there was a 
there's a, a little plaque on the wall that said this, and I've shared this before in a sermon, but, but I do believe this is accurate. Whatever, it says this, watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Why is it important to think correctly, to dwell upon what is true, right, lovely, admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, because it does indeed become your destiny. There's no accident. It's not an accident. It's not accidental that we find ourselves in absolute chaos and craziness that we find ourselves in right now in the world. It was thoughts, thoughts that led to words, that led to action, that led to habits, uh, the character, to where we are now. And so as we trace our way back to how do we help heal this very broken world that we're in, it begins here with these happy thoughts. It begins here by thinking true thoughts. Now, Nothing and no one brings truth into focus like Jesus brings truth into focus. I'm, I'm brought back to this really enjoyable story um, in the Bible. Enjoyable because it's told so perfectly and it, it leaves, it's a cliffhanger, right? Jesus stands before Pilate who has the power to kill him. Jesus shows no fear and it annoys Pilate. Pilate's a powerful man. And Pilate, in frustration in his interaction with Jesus, is peppering him with questions, who he really is. And Jesus responds at one point. He says, the reason I came is to testify to truth. And Pilate, sort of offhandedly, says, what is truth? And then without waiting for a response, he turns. And it's this cliffhanger that we're all going... Pilate, stay one more minute. But what we get here at the end of John has been answered by the whole book leading up to it, where Jesus in John 14, 6, simply says, I am the way, the truth, the life. John 1 says Jesus is full of grace and truth. And indeed later, just his words in John 8, 31 and 32 says, Jesus says this, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold to Jesus' teachings, if you hold to him and who he is, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus brings truth into focus because Jesus is the truth and we can focus on him. Lewis again helps us here, I think, and he has this beautiful quote in one of his essays in the book, Weight of Glory. He says, I believe Jesus like I believe the Son, not because I see it, but because by him I see everything else. That's that's the focus on truth we get when we focus on Jesus is that everything else falls into place. So the very simple answer is, when we think about thinking on truth, is think about Jesus. Now, I'm not going to leave it there, okay? Uh, There's context to who Jesus is 
And there's context uh, in seeing who Jesus is to how we're helped by thinking on truth. And what I mean by that is there is an Old Testament that helps set this stage for us to even understand what it means for the Son of God, Jesus, to come incarnate, God in the flesh, God with us. And I think sometimes we, we just drop into the New Testament and we feel like that's enough context. Well, it's not because the greatest foundational truth ever written, spoken, communicated is this, in the beginning, God. That's the foundation. The foundation of truth is in the beginning, God, because then the rest of the story comes from that. Because before anything existed, God was. And into that nothingness, God spoke and created the world. In the beginning, God. So true thoughts, this is important, true thoughts about God must precede true faith in God. True thoughts about God, understanding who he is, then allows us to believe in him as he is. Now, to give you an illustration of how uh, belief can be placed uh, wrongly, um, I want you to imagine um, that, that LeBron James and I are in a, in a heated one-on-one basketball game. And, um, and I know you guys would be there and, and you'd be cheering for me, not LeBron. Uh, because you know me, right? You'd be cheering for me, right? Uh, and, and, and I want you to imagine my beautiful wife, Hannah, on the sidelines, you know, trying to say all the encouraging things. Now, my guess is she would probably lie uh, in her attempt to encourage me, and it would sound something like this. Come on, baby! I believe in you. You can do this. Now that is a lie, right? Even LeBron James with two broken ankles could beat me in a basketball game, right? It would be thinking untruthfully about me to think that I in any way or scenario could ever be. But it's those true thoughts about God. It's true thoughts about him that lead us to see that he is able to save in the person of Jesus. It's because of who God is that he can save us. There are are many gods, right? There are many idols. There are many ways, but there's one way to the true God, and that is through Jesus. There are many claims, And we need to be ready to look at all those claims and go, what is truth? And it begins with that foundation that in the beginning, God, and then he tells us the story that is in him. God is not in the context of our world, our purview, our life, our thoughts. We are in his context. We are welcomed into his world. And so some foundational thoughts about God that are so important is that God is the sovereign creator of all things. This is my father's world. God is the sovereign creator of all things. Think about that. God is the sustainer of all things. It says in Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. He's the sovereign creator. He's the sustainer. He is the savior because no other name can save us in the name of Jesus, and he is also our sanctifier, meaning that he will 
again, restore us to be like him if we come to him for salvation in Jesus. He is sovereign, sustainer, savior, and sanctifier. These are the things we think about when we think about God. And these aren't just facts to throw around. These aren't just just some, some facts to think about objectively. These are things to let in more personal than anything else in our lives. Philippians 3.10, which is just, just literally one chapter, if you're looking at the verses we're reading in Philippians 4, just one chapter before Philippians 3.10, Paul, just in this moment of like rallying passion, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. So I might somehow become like him. Because I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Right? That is to know him, to know him, to know him. It is personal and intimate knowledge of God that we seek. Personal and intimate knowledge of God. Personal. Because God is personal. So we Think about him with him. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Think about such things. Think about God. Truth about God. Now, if we think truthfully about God, we are ready to think truthfully about ourselves. We cannot think truthfully about ourselves unless we think truthfully about God. Very important. We cannot think truthfully about ourselves unless we think truthfully about God because we are people created in the image of God. People who have been born by grace and people who have been restored by grace. How do you think about yourself? My guess is many of us think about ourselves not in relationship to who God is. We try to establish our identity and then bring that identity to God. It's not the way it works. We see who God is as sovereign, sustainer, savior, sanctifier, and we let him tell us who we are. People created in his image, born by grace, fearfully and wonderfully made. Now think of who God is and how God uniquely created you to reflect him as his image bearer and how he wants to restore you to do that. He loves restoring people. Think of God who being savior is making a special invitation for your restoration. God longing for your homecoming to cook you a good meal and nurture you. That is how we are meant to think of ourselves in the Psalm 23 context. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Even in the presence of my enemies, he's preparing me a feast. He wants me home with him. That's how we think about ourselves. Not outside of God, but now found in him, right? It's kind of been the theme of our happy thoughts is we can only think those happy thoughts if we find ourselves in him. Now, the, the kind of twist to this is I think a lot of us want to stay there, but that's not the way it goes. We are meant, once we know these true things about God, now know these true things about ourselves. we're being sent to help reconcile the world to God, that they will also see who he is. Now, this is how I want you to think about that progression, that <clears throat> you can't think true thoughts about 
yourself unless you think true thoughts about God, but you can't think true thoughts about other people unless you think true thoughts about yourself because you're thinking true thoughts about God. Now, I think a lot of us are caught in this this, uh, place right now where we're trying to figure out why the world just seems like it's on fire, right? And, And I think in this context, we're trying to think about others and we're trying to think about God and how those come together. Now, I think we struggle with that because we're missing that middle step, which is, we don't think right about other people because we don't think right about ourselves. What do I mean by that? I think because we so often forget that we have been saved by grace, that we are so horrible at giving grace to other people. You've been born by grace, you've been restored by grace, and you're meant to give grace to other people. That is the way it works. Now, Jesus tells some stories that allow us to see what I'm talking about. He tells the story of the unmerciful servant, someone who has been forgiven so much. And then they, they go and they take someone who is, needs to be forgiven way less and they're just like taking him to task, right? We, we get told the story of the prodigal son who's just excited, the father's excited to re, you know, get him home. And the older brother's like, why did you let, let him come home? Because the older brother does not realize what it means for him to be welcomed into the Father's home. You, you see this? We want to be good to people, but we're not good to ourselves. We're not realizing how good God has been to us. And if you realize how good God has been to you, then you can be good to other people. You can't extend mercy to others that you're not receiving yourself. This is so, so, so important. So as we think about Truth, truth about other people. I want you to think about it this way. Are you thinking truly about yourself? And if you are, that means you realize how much you need a savior. And if you see who that savior is and how good his salvation is, then how is it possible that you will turn and be so unkind, cruel to other people. I want you to see Jesus. I just, I want you to think about how Jesus saw people, right? Uh, Jesus, being in very nature God, he was sinless. He, he did not have anything to confess. He was just, but he enjoyed the Father, And his whole mission on earth was to restore us into relationship with God because he knew how good it was. Do you know how good that relationship is? Knowing how good that relationship was, Jesus, oftentimes he was with a crowd, he'd he'd say things like, you know, these look like sheep without a shepherd. You know, and he just wanted to bring them home. He just wanted to bring them back into relationship with the Father. That is the heart of God. That is truth. Rest in those thoughts. Now, what do we do about this? Well, um, there is a great danger when we think true things and we claim true things that they actually are not true for us. 
And um, I'm just going to read some verses in First John that, that helps you see the difference between claiming truth and it actually transforming us. In First John, starting in verse 5 and going to the end, it says this, This is the message we have heard from Jesus and declared to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. In God there is substance. When you think of light, think of that. In God there is substance, there is fullness, there is reality, there is truth. There is no darkness in him. There is no emptiness, there is no void, there is no lie in him. If we claim to have fellowship with him, but walk in the darkness, we lie and do not have the truth. Get that? If we claim, we can make the claim. If we claim to have fellowship with him, but walk in the emptiness and the void and the lie, then we are lying and the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light, in his fullness, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all our sin. Listen to these. It says, claim again twice in these next verses. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the truth is not in us. What is it saying here? If we claim to be okay without Jesus, we'll have no part in him. So what is the answer? What do we do? We confess. We confess how much we need him. That is the truth. We need Jesus. Just like that prodigal son, the story Jake told last week, just like that prodigal son walking home and going, I have no right to be here, but the truth is God wants you home. That's the truth about you. God wants you. God loves you. God wants you home. And if you know that and you're experiencing that, then you will turn and you will desire the homecoming of other people. It's such a good thought. So this is my charge to you, Refuge Church. Think about these things. Don't try to turn off your mind. Don't try to avoid thinking. Rest in the sweet stream of these thoughts. The God who is sovereign, sustaining, Savior, and sanctifier. His thoughts are for you. He loves you. Not just now, but for all eternity. That is a really, really good thought. I guess I should say that's a really happy thought. I think that would have been a good good roundup. Pray with me. Oh, Father, I pray that these thoughts, these thoughts will become the words that we speak to one another, the words we speak to ourselves. Those words will become our actions. The way we live for you, the way we treat other people, the way we treat ourselves. That those actions will become habits, that we will be good, gracious, loving people in this world. Because we know in you our destiny is secure. It's solid and firm. Heaven is a reality. Heaven is your home. And you can't wait. <laughs> We can't wait 
can be in that place together forever. Amen. All right, Refuge Church, we are just uh, wrestling with a new set of technical difficulties, but we are very glad that you were here with us today. Um, with the date of July 26th in mind, we are very, very much looking forward to seeing you all soon. Until then, we uh, invite you to continue joining us in incarnating King Jesus in city life, speaking its languages, singing its rhythms, sharing its spaces, freeing the oppressed, fighting injustice, finding people of peace, inviting the city into the kingdom of God.